Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pass the Syrup, the podcast from the Agents Movement Initiative, uh, a light-hearted look at all the waffle that we see, we hear, we're sick and tired of around the estate industry world. We try and pour a little syrup over it to make it a little bit more palatable. This week, three more fantastic guests. Uh, I'll do it in the order that I see you on screen. So we have Francis Bowling, Francis with an E, uh, yes. obviously because it's female Francis, uh, <laughs> Ops Director from Finding Country and Moss Properties up in sunny Doncaster. Um, 11 years in a state agency. 11. Amazing. Oh, no. I don't look you look, old enough. You look too young. How can you have 11 <laughs> years experience at the tender age of 24? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that's how hard they work you lot up north. Yeah. I like that. I've got time for that. Um, how are you, Francis? I'm well. I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me today, Ben. I'm really looking forward to it. Love, um, love to have a light-hearted conversation and see how everybody else is getting on as well. Because as I mentioned to you earlier, I tend to just stick to what I do and stay in my lane. Oh, Francis, she's gonna just she's gonna tell how it is. Good, great to have you on. Very nice. Next up, we have Christopher, Chris Few from Michonne McKay. Uh, what the mistake I made there was trying to say Christopher and realizing on Zoom you've called yourself Chris, and so I can call you Chris. That's yeah, Chris is fine, it's fine, no problem. Chris Few from Sales Director for Michonne McKay. Um, our most experienced guest today, 19 years experience that is absolutely phenomenal. Glutton for punishment, clearly. Um, Michonne McKay is a seven branch business, Brighton Hove yep. area. Uh, Chris is the sales director. Chris, how's it going? Yeah, very good, very good. Um, I've been uh, I've been watching you on LinkedIn, Ben, and when I got the approach, I thought um, it'd be really interesting to uh, to kind of see this because I think one of the things that you say is is, is about uh, sort of like getting through the waffle and the white noise. And from my perspective, I think it's really really important that you know us as uh, you know property professionals, let's use that word, um, are able to educate the general public out there. I think it's really really important um, because. Uh, everyone loves or the, the the media loves a, a bad news story, right? And I think it's really important that we can kind of push through that. Um, and from my perspective, you know, leading a, a sales leading a sales team, um, I think it's really, really important that we can kind of educate them. So sharing best practices, hearing what other guys up and down the country are experiencing, I think is a really good thing. So thanks for the invite, Ben. Well, thanks for coming. Um, me and Chris, like so many estate agents <clears> up and down the land, have we're sort of social media friends, friends, social buddies. Um, because yeah, I mean, I guess that's what, that's what social media is meant to be. And actually it just tells you how far I think the state agency has come because 20 years ago, I cannot imagine as a junior estate agent being encouraged by my manager to go be friends with other agents. We were too busy hiding keys. So, um, yeah, the world has come a long way. Great to have you here, Chris. And then finally we are joined by Toby Martin, who's looking fresh as a daisy. I've got to say, he's obviously fully recovered from about a, sickness we won't go into too much detail please Toby <laughs> do not go into too much detail um, sure? I'm sure general manager of reside in Bath the letting agency 12 years experience um or maybe you want to give us some details Toby over to you if you want to do the details share with the world uh, all I'll say is it's it's a measure of what an honor it is to be here that I have come <laughs> off my sick bed after a, a wave of gastroenteritis <laughs> to be with you well, I'm glad I, you said you came off the sick bed. I thought you I were know, I was waiting else. for <laughs> the three of us got there. Wow, we've gone straight there. Yeah, I, I woke up this morning and I, I felt a little bit queasy. And my first thought was, I'm not going to be on past the syrup. And then I gave myself a slap around the face and I'm, come on, Toby, you can't miss an opportunity like this. So the next 60 to 90 minutes could prove really interesting. 
<laughs> I'm very happy to bring an element of jeopardy to the show. Wow, roll the dice. This is, uh, I mean, that right there, though, we have got, so we're looking, we look for the social media clips, obviously, to let the world know that this wonderful podcast is taking place. And you woke up this morning, the first thing you thought is, I'm not going to make it onto past this year at the podcast. The relief that probably waved over you, I don't have to bother. Um, <laughs> I feel that every Tuesday morning, I wake up thinking, what excuse can I make? But I can't have one Um So, great to have you here. Thanks for suffering through. Oh, see what I did there, Chris? Um, yeah. oh, that was pretty good. Um, dad joke. Let's start with um, Sam Offley. We're going to start with um, so really positive, although his um, mentee issue this week that he would like some advice from you guys on is, I think it's positive. I see them in advance. Uh, it's something that always makes me laugh. But for a lot of people, it's a negative and it stresses them out. So I'm going to play it for you guys um, and you can give us some feedback. Let's share our screen. Hello, Pastor Syrup guests. Now, my question to you this week is, what advice would you give someone who is struggling to handle negative comments on social media? What okay, I've had experience of this firsthand. Right. Go on, just tell us. I first started doing videos eight, eight years ago or so. And I'm probably still the only agent now doing it um, in Doncaster. Um but for some reason, people were obsessed with my eyebrows. Obsessed. <laughs> like the comments that I got were just ridiculous. So the next time I went to my um, beautician, I basically did a blog. Um, and I put a video up to say, you know, who wants to sponsor the eyebrows? So for me, it's don't ignore them. <laughs> if not respond 10 times better and just yeah it, it's not bad but sometimes you can take it personally you do you have got to get thick skin I think in this industry anyway but yeah I think you've always got to respond to them whether it's you know with statistics whether it's banter something being a bit funny but it's it's feedback there's some um very sad people in this world that if you offer to meet them or call them to discuss the comment that they've made, you'll find they probably delete it and you'll never hear from them again. Hold on, though. Were you trying to come call people to discuss your eyebrows? <laughs> I Get offered. Me... I offered. <laughs> I just want to say that is arguably the best response to trolling I've ever heard in my entire life. That they're not happy with my eyebrows. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a documentary about my eyebrows. Have I just disappeared? Yeah. Nice. This is good. I've this got a cartoon stuff. cat instead now. Hello, yeah. yeah. I don't. I've got nothing. I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, Are you going so, to do the rest of the episode as a cat? Yeah. It I mean, says uh, looking for the phone. Looking for the phone. Is that what you're that looking says? for the phone? Just a wagging um, tail. You know what? Whilst I've disappeared, first technical hitch episode. Oh, I'm back. Hey, you're back. Wow. You're back. Um, I was just, sorry. It was intentional. I was just making sure my eyebrows were okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's the best response I've ever heard. Make a little documentary about it and throw them back. I've got to say, I think you've got great eyebrows. Thank you. They have evolved over the years, so maybe oh, I did right. take on board some, you know, comments that were there. But yeah, they've evolved. <laughs> so they, yeah, they they helped you improve your eyebrows. I mean, <laughs> I've, okay, all right. Um, Chris, what do you think? Do you know what? I, I'm I'm fortunate. I've never experienced it myself. Um, I've uh, I've got a bit thick skinned over the years. Um, I only focus on what we do as a business and what my people do. Um, I'm only speaking sort of like uh, business wise here, I guess. Um, I've got two beautiful children, um, and 
they're obviously going to grow up in the social media world. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I've never had to experience it firsthand or, or anyone that I know. So that's important. Um, but I think having the awareness um, of of what the power it can do and the power of words can people can say, I think is really, really important. Um, you know, you, you, Francis, you talk about sticking in your lane. Um, that's something that I teach my teams. Um, you know, I've been, I've been kind of really, really, you know, making sure that <clears throat> we block out negativity from, from the industry or whether it be from competitors and let's stay infinite, you know, you know, if you stay infinite, you're never ever going to disappear. So I think from my perspective, let's, you know, it's, um, I think if people ever do, they do do take it. I think that the person that uh, that is sending it, I think, has got to take a long, hard look in the mirror. But from my perspective, you know, I teach my teams be infinite. We've never, I've never had it in business, not that I know of anyway. I'm sure people speak about me. Um, and from my perspective, bring it on, no problems. I'm happy to be spoken about. It means that it means we're we're forced to be reckoned with. So, oh, yeah. you know, stay infinite. I've got to say that's one of my favourite two word quotes I think I've ever heard. Is that your own, Chris, or have you pinched that from someone? Yeah, well, I, 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 when I hold my managers' meetings, I um I try and open with a uh, with a video of some sort um, because I'm also equally aware that as a leader, I could be viewed as white noise, right? I think it's important that you know that the, the the stuff that I put out there um, that they actually genuinely believe and they see it. And um, I played a I played a video about staying infinite in uh, in a managers' meeting. Must have been. February, March time, <clears throat> and it really resonated with the period of time where we, you know, let's be honest, it's been a, it's, it's been a, been a tough old marketplace. But being resilient and being infinite and sticking in your lane, and you know, most importantly, staying classy, I think is really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's what I use is um is 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 be infinite. Be uh, infinite. Yeah, I, I love it. I really love it. In fact, after this, if if you would share it with with me, and we'll attach it to the notes on this episode because yeah, it's a, that is a brilliant motto. Stay infinite. Also, yeah. did anyone catch Stay Classy San Diego? There was was San Diego coming in. Do we have a Ron Burgundy moment there? For no, 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 it's just it was, it was, it was some, something that I've uh, you know something that I've always uh, like I've always said is you know I'm I'll never retaliate to anything. Um, you know if if people want to talk about me, brilliant. I'm that's brilliant. It just makes makes us even stronger. So um, stay infinite, stay in our lane, and um, and stand to you know sticking to our DNA. I think that's really really important. Yeah, it's good. It's great. It's um. I think you're comfortable taking the moral high ground, which is a great place yeah. to be. And yeah. I think probably what you're talking about is what we're, you know, completely biased opinion here. Mentees I've dealt with are a bit younger than me and less experienced and are probably more reactive when things come at them. And they, you know, they don't have maybe the, the years in the tank that I've got and the life experience that allows me to say, it's quite funny. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I quite, so we had a, we posted a video where someone said, why does your face do that when you talk? No. honestly i thought that this is this is gold you know people don't people talk to me like, no I, haven't, I haven't played football in years i haven't been in a rugby locker room in years where people fire this sort of abuse at me i'm all about this life i'm quite happy to be abused i, I but i'm also conscious that people oh it pains me to say it 20 years younger than me are probably you know slightly different grow up in a different different time <clears> so um yeah great advice chris stay classy yeah brighton and hove um toby what do you think yeah the the, the word thick-skinned is is doing a lot of hard work here and that's what it's all about the sad fact of the matter is 
this is where we are now. If you put yourself out there on the internet enough, the chances are that at some point you'll come across somebody quite unpleasant, uh, a bit of a troll. And um, I think I think Francis is right. It's great to always reply to them. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to show what a great person you are. You kill them with kindness. Um, you, you never take the bait, never get embroiled in the argument, uh, rise above it. And if you can deal with it with humor um, and humility, all the better. Um, and I, before uh, my, my, my 12 years not out in an agency, I was a secondary school teacher. And when you've got a grounding in something like that and you've had 14 year old kids threatening your family and trying to say that they're gonna find out where you live because you asked them to do a word search, then um, yeah, you need a thick skin in this line of work. And if you've got something in your background, some, some kind of grounding that helps you to develop that thick skin, then all the better. But if you haven't, then I think you've got to just take a no fear approach because I think the danger is, for me, the greatest traction on my videos is when I post them in community Facebook groups. And that takes a real leap of faith to do because you know that everyone and anyone is gonna watch that video. And for all the people who watch it, enjoy it, but don't bother commenting, there's gonna be someone who does watch it, doesn't like it and does comment. And you just gotta let it run off you. Um, and I think that one of the best things I heard somebody do, and I think Francis alluded to it, is to, th these people just inhabit the online world. And if you invite them into the real world, they very quickly disappear. Mm -hmm. And one of my uh, friends had a, a really abusive, commenter online and you know she said come in meet us come and have a chat with us but let's talk about our differences let's um let's see what see the work we do see how much we care um and obviously did they want to do that of course not they scurried away back where they came from uh i think that's a great a great approach uh because it, it, it to any to anyone looking at that you've made a really magnanimous offer which is 99 likely not to be accepted uh and hey if they do stroll into your office then have a good chat with them. Why not? But yeah, thick skin and be prepared to reply with humility and humor. And, and it often doesn't escalate from there. Yeah, it says right. more about that person, doesn't it? Ultimately, yeah. than anyone else. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, but yeah, we're learning some stuff here. Toby getting threatened by 14-year-olds are going to kill his family. That is, yeah, you, no wonder you wanted to become an estate. I mean, most people try and get out of the state agency you're trying to get in that's yeah that's, this is my safe place yeah this is your safe I've, got, place. I've got lots of lovely stories from, uh, <laughs> I've got lots of lovely stories from being bullied by children in schools uh when you've got time for them but that, that was that was genuinely one of them look no, you didn't like being given a word search decided to threaten me <laughs> it, it, it comes from the day at my house i've got three kids that do that to me 24 7 I'm just, <laughs> like that I'm, I'm used to this the world i live in now um all i would add in terms of advice from what i've seen online is um, I get the trolls who um, claim that I'm being dishonest. And so when I present data, our data is pulled directly from either from a portal or from 20EA or a legitimate data source. And so all I would say is don't embellish, don't overdo it, present the facts, present them how you want to present them, you know, make your argument. Um, Clickbait is, you know, is the new current current trend. But actually, <laughs> Tony Blair's government were the best spin doctors twenty years ago. So it's always been there. Present the data however you want to, but don't embellish, don't lie, don't make it up. And then when the troll says, "Well, this can't be true," I've seen, you know, the headline in the Daily Mail says this, then you can just give them the data. 
and it really really quickly brings a conversation to a conclusion because you're just telling the, you're just giving your data source and your data um the community groups yeah i hadn't really uh, yeah that is that's an interesting place to live um all sorts all i mean it's they're very entertaining this it's yeah. like the trade press you come for the stories you stay for the comments Absolutely. the 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 abuse is rife all i would say is use them appropriately if you're going to be one of the agents that posts we just sold this property into a community group expect to get a bit of pushback because that's not what the groups are for mm. um but if you use the group the way it's meant to be we use the groups much more for the charity work we do than anything else. It's mm -hmm. really difficult to be negative about someone raising money for charity. Yeah. Um, so, you, just, you know, there's a bit of play in the game. Um, but I don't, you know, the uh, final thing is don't don't let trolls put you off creating content because I'm afraid the future of a state agency, as we were discussing before this podcast, is content creation. Yeah, there's so much required to be relevant, to be uh, to create a familiarity with the you know, the community you're trying to engage with, and they spend their evenings on social media. So you need to be there. Don't be scared of that. Yeah. Um, great advice, guys. That's a really good start. Normally, Sam Offley gets about a minute of advice from each. And so we've done 15 minutes. That's really good. Um, so it tells me we're going to really struggle to get through all three subjects, but that's okay. <clears throat> Let's get straight on to big, chunky topic number one. So in May... HMRC reported that property transactions were down just over 80,000 property transactions. That is a reduction of 27% versus May last year, May 2022. And it's a whopping 3% lower than April this year. So um, it's a headline grabber, right? Transactions yeah. are down 27% year on year. But what I read in several places so we're talking the trade press which is talking to us and i think it's worth bearing that in mind that they expect i think the estate agency world to understand what they're reading and don't provide quite as much context but actually consumer facing media also doesn't provide context for why you might find that data so is this headline grabbing stuff what's your what's your take on this new story um francis kick off with you of course transactions are going to be down compared to a year ago you know we was just coming out of that crazy covid pandemic interest rates being all-time low they're absolutely going to be you know they're going to be down in comparison three percent from the month before i think people are adjusting to the new normal and i think a lot of it's coming down to affordability at the moment so people are being a bit more hesitant but it's the doom and gloom that gets reported <laughs> day in day out you know the recessions come in repossessions are going up it's all the negative that's what news is about generally in any industry but as I mentioned to you previously Ben when we, we first joined this call for me it's business as usual I'm staying in my lane and I'm controlling what I can control I can't control what's being reported but what I can control is how many calls I'm going to make today or how many videos I'm going to put out today, what information and stories am I, am I going to be sharing? How am I going to do my presentation? How am I going to help somebody today? They're the things that I can control. And I hate the news. Never, I don't have any apps. I don't have any notifications. I purposely turn it over on an evening because it's just negativity I don't need in my life. Bad news, bad news. But no, I deleted my Sky News app about a year ago because 
I mean, they're relentless. And as I've already, I said a moment ago, the clickbait is just such a trend right now. Everything is a headline that, I mean, they capture me. As soon as I see the headline, I, I, I'm only human. I have to open it. So I've prevented myself from seeing those headlines. Um, and you're right. Bad news is is what's going to catch yeah, people. And I just but... think things get exaggerated as well. You know, it's it's oh, Halifax have reported this, Nationwide have reported this. Well, that's a very small portion of the the actual whole market as well. But well, because I mean, the figures are you know yeah. drastic, it's going to appear doom and gloom. But I don't know if you remember, it was only three months ago or four months ago that Nationwide reported house prices going up and Halifax reported house prices going down within yeah. 10 days of each other. Yeah. I mean, do me a favour. Could, could that be more confusing? Absolutely. I, I get, it's a confusing time out there right now. Um, Chris, what's your take on it? Do, do you know exactly this? Is it any wonder when transactions are down when you get so many conflicting different news stories, right? I think it's, <clears throat> and that's a, the bit that I try and teach my, you know, or, or, to, or to coach my teams is, it's our role and it's our social responsibility to, you know, get out to the general public what the actual and push through it or what is actually happening out there right now um and i genuinely think it's our job to educate them and i think you know what's what's is it any surprise now i sit here as a sales director and i can see that the market has been has, is given a bit of a kick in um we've got interest rates at their highest point for what 15 odd years now so i think from my perspective is this any surprise no um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the numbers do in the next in the next quarter as well, um, especially the next quarter because I think that will probably really tell a story. But I think what's really really important is you know there's there's still a desire out there if you can understand the client's pain, the client's needs, the client's motivations, their desires, why they want to move. That's our job to educate them and help them move. Um, and and Francis just said you know let, let's be real about this. You know we've been. We've been cruise control. So 19 years, 15 out of the 19 years that I've done a stay agency, we've had interest rates at an all-time record low. Um, you know, I guess we were all kidding ourselves to think that that could continue. And I guess that we were just living in this kind of like this, this low interest rate bubble, weren't we? Um, but I think we now need to adjust and realise that this is probably what it's going to be like. Um, affordability is, is, is a real, real factor. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit of a sad, sad old git. I um I look at the price of milk from what it was sort of like a year ago to where it is now. Um, and my kids drink milk like anything. Um, food inflation is the biggest thing out there, which is which is killing people's affordability, isn't it? Right. So I think, you know, it's no surprise to me, Ben. I don't think we're, I don't think we can dwell on it. I think it's important to always. Um, one of my when when I first joined the industry, something that I was always told was bricks and mortar will always pay. Um, and it will always be one of the most sound investments that you can ever, ever, ever go into. And I still to this very day genuinely believe that, you know, 19 years into this industry, you know, bricks and mortar will always be a safe, safe pair of hands. And it's a safe investment. So I think from my perspective, um, let's not worry about it. You know, transaction levels are going to be down. Um, house prices. OK, I think nationwide, I think they re reported a soft land or reporting a, or going to report a soft landing. Great, that's fine. But let's focus on transaction levels, helping people, helping clients, getting through their pains, their needs and their desires about why they really, really want to move right now. Um, and that's that's the thing that I've, that's the thing that I'm pushing into my teams is, you know, let's, let's really help our people. Let's help our clients because um, people generally want to know what is actually going on. Um, so, yeah, a lot bit of, a bit of waffle there, Ben. But um, well, yeah, but it, a, a good bit of waffle. The final sentence: people want to know what's going on, and I think that's the biggest issue we've got. That 
the market we operate in is based on certainty and the level of certainty anyone feels at any one time. And right now there's so much uncertainty because you can open up a paper, you can open up three different papers and get three different rhetorics because they're pushing in one direction. You know, the Telegraph, which is meant to be, you know, the paper the educated person reads is an absolute nightmare for presenting completely incorrect data. They are pulling information and it, presenting it in a way that just fits with a different agenda. So it's so difficult when there's a lack of certainty and there's all this. I was on a, on a call yesterday, Roger Martin Fag. Anyone watching this, a load of people, probably part of the Property Academy, Roger Martin Fag is a behavioral economist, genius level intellect, and he he's great at making predictions. And I've never heard, I don't hear him swear. I've been on so many calls with him. And yesterday he said, I've written it down very specifically because I was going to quote it today. Transaction volumes will be down. There will be a reduction, but it's not going to be crazy like people are thinking, but there is going to be a dip. The reason there's going to be a dip is twofold. Government, media. And that's what he said. I was like, well, I've never heard him. This is this is out, this is like a, a bolt out of nowhere. But he's absolutely right that poor government making poor decisions and then poor media presenting those poor decisions completely incorrectly. They're confusing the consumer base. There's this threat of a recession. Um, there's this threat of interest rates. There's, there's always something just around the corner. But it's like Groundhog Day for me because we were here nine months ago. Mm. And, you know, nine months later, certainly it hasn't been 2021. It hasn't been 2022. But it also hasn't been 2008. So, you know, it's it's about presenting correct information to the consumer base in an authentic and professional fashion, which, you know, I think collectively as an industry, we could do loads more of that. Toby, what's your take? Context is everything. You're absolutely right. The way that these things are presented by the media. It's no wonder when you see a news headline that screams transactions slump um, since May 22, that a lot of people out there will throw their hands up in the air and go, well, this sounds dreadful. But... That particular headline makes me want to go, well, duh, yeah. I mean, of course they have. Yeah, in 2021 and 2022, there was a sales frenzy. Um, and, and, and now we're in a cost of living crisis and everyone's penny pinching, negotiating hard on, on, on prices. Of course sales are down. Um, because I love a, num a stat, I actually looked at the uh, transaction figures back to May 2015 when you average out the transactions in every May since 2015, then um, May 2022 was about 13% above average. So when you take that into account, it's no wonder that we've come down from there. If you view it in a wider context, then actually compared to the average since 2015, uh, this May was down by about 15%, uh, as opposed to the 27 that's in the headline. So yeah, of course, we're, we're, people are being really prudent with their money. People are negotiating harder. Um, people are saving where they can. So of course, transactions are gonna be down. But also when you look at other stats, like um, just yesterday, Property Mark's latest housing insight report came out, which is based on stat stats from 115 sales branches across the UK. So that said that um, registered buyers is down year on year by 4%. So that's nowhere near in keeping with the transaction figures, which suggests there's still plenty of demand from buyers out there. So there's buyers out there and there's stock out there, which means that there's opportunity for agents with ingenuity, uh, agents who sort of know how to uh, work the market. So there's opportunity out there. It's just a question of whether you can help your market to... Um, 
escape the noise, to, to see things our way, um, and to allay some of their fears about buying and selling in the current market. Because I think a lot of people are probably deterred by the headlines, go, well, actually, it sounds a little bit of a risky time at the minute, I'm gonna hang fire. But if we can help to shape this narrative through what we were talking about earlier with our work on social media and our work in the community and actually um, help to encourage people to think, okay, you don't just, you wanna read beyond the headlines because actually, um, you know, there's property at the minute, there's, um, it, it's not necessarily the worst time to buy and sell. Uh, so again, it, it's shaping the narrative and, and helping people to understand the context that these figures are being presented in. Um, and I think that it, it's, it's apples and pears to compare May 2022 with May 2023. We're, we're in a completely different climate now, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're in a desolate landscape, um, that there's still, there's still stock, there's still buyers, um, people would always need to move home through deaths, divorce, babies, the holy trinity of opportunity. Oh, the seven Ds. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Well, look, the other thing to consider is, which, um, again, I think there's an assumption in our trade press that estate agents will know this stuff. But there's certainly not. If I speak to my mum or dad and they saw this headline, so I use my parents as a really good barometer. They've got no interest in property. Mum works in a school. Dad used to be a scaffolder. They don't know property. They own their own house. They have no other investments. They're just really normal consumers. And if they were to read the headline that sales volumes are down 27%, they would assume the market in this present moment is down 27%. There's no context around. So if we're looking at completions in May. We're talking about exchanges in April. We're talking about under offer in January. So what we're really talking about is what the market was doing in January 2023 versus January 2022. And in our area of the world, January 22 was carnage. Absolutely mm -hmm. insane. It was coming yeah. out right towards the end of that crazy patch. And I would say the first half of 2022, or the first quarter of 2022, madness slowed down quarter two. And then quarter three, there was a calling. And obviously quarter four, yeah. Liz and Kwartang doing their thing. Um, so what we're really looking at is re the, the reporting. So much more is needed in terms of context. If I'm going to get really, really specific, I don't believe in in um, macro reporting. I don't believe there's a national housing market. I know you're going to say, that's because you're a moron, Ben. I appreciate you can throw all the data together and you can call it a national housing market. But no, I a, agree, definitely. A, a, a two-bed terrace in Newcastle that sells for 150 grand versus a three-bed detached somewhere in Surrey that goes for 4 million. How? What, what relevance do they have to each other? So reporting on a national picture, you need to pick it apart and report on your, your micro markets. And mm -hmm. where I'm looking right now, where I am, I could throw, no, I couldn't throw a stone, I'm not that strong. But I could travel for five minutes in four different directions and have three different market conditions right now, which is insane. Um, not massively different, but enough for it to be reported in a slightly different way. There's slightly more demand in this market here because it's a bit better in terms of value for money. This high-end market, the mass market, is performing called a lackluster, but they're actually the million to two million is really, really popular right now. So the point I'm making is in Northern Ireland right now, year on year, they are looking at um, price growth, which is insane. But it's not insane. It's just a different market. Um, let me throw some data at you that I got yesterday that the media is not reporting. And actually, the media is reporting almost the opposite. So did you know, in the last 12 months, 53% of all sales have been to first-time buyers. Now, the media would have you believe that first-time buyers are struggling right now. They're not getting on yeah. the market. 
And listen, I work in a state agency, as you all know, I don't do a lot of first time buyer stuff because we're finding country and it's a different price point. But because I'm not in the first time buyer market anymore and haven't been for about two years, I believe the media, the first time buyers are struggling, but it's the highest proportion of first time buyers in 10 years in the last 12 months. So that's interesting to know. Also, the percentage of people's pay they are spending on housing finance, so their mortgage, is currently on average 33%. Now, we are told because of the cost of living, because of mortgage rates, and people aren't earning more, which again was a myth, that people are struggling with their financing. They're spending much more because the property prices have gone up. Actually, that's 1% above the 30-year average. People are only spending 1% more than the 30-year long-run average. Which again, my mind was blown. Yesterday, I'm just sitting there in awe of this wonderful data. Um, average earnings are up somewhere between seven and seven and a half percent. And um, the presentation I was a part of yesterday or, or witnessed yesterday, the view is that there's 1.8 million mortgage renewals up in the next 18 months. And those people have been stress tested way above where they are in their current rate. And I'm not saying that's, you know, oh, that's fine. They'll be fine. There's going to be some pain. There's going to be some pressure. And some people are going to move. They're going to sell up because they can't they can't find a way to make the rules of payment work. But a load will find the way. If you think about what we've been through in COVID, the amount of finance, financial growth, money held, savings, whatever you want to call it, grew exponentially because the amount of people got home and they weren't spending money. And I'm not saying, and and, and the, the, the point of the behavioural economist yesterday was not saying, everyone's making loads of money, it'll be really easy. But you were saying people will penny pinch, they'll reduce, they won't go on that holiday, they won't have the luxuries, but they will find a way. And maybe they'll take the mortgage over a longer period of time for the next two years. And then when rates come down, they'll sort themselves out. It's not the 90s, it's not 2008. There's liquidity within the system, which means banks aren't at risk, even if people start to default, they've never had so much money. So these sort of things that I've just said, I hope anyone watching just rips it off and starts posting to social media because that's exactly what I'm going to do. I listen to economists who knows what he's talking about versus a journalist who's pulling data that serves a rhetoric that they want to deliver. Um, so I found it really, really interesting. Um, his general view was that will be that inflation will be down to 5% by the end of the year and hopefully 4% by next year. And he's really good at this sort of stuff. I've been, you know, for 10 years, I've, I've listened to him and he gets it right mostly. Um, and the thing about the recession that we're being threatened with, you know, the Bank of England are doing their best to do what they're not paid to do. And that's talk about what's coming. 12 months ago that we were told we'd be in a recession by the end of 2022 and it hasn't arrived. 12 months later, it still isn't here. Um, I understand the point. If you talk about a recession, people stop spending. But in this country, we don't like being told what to do. And so Absolutely. we're just going to keep spending. I'm going to we're going to still go to the restaurant. We're still going to order the new car or whatever it might be. And we talked about it last week on the podcast. I, I can walk out right now and every coffee shop is just packed with people. You can have a coffee at home, cost you eight pence, or you can pay an eight pound for a Starbucks coffee and people spend the eight pounds. So um, is the recession coming? He felt as though it's not coming because the gov there's going to be a general election at some point next year. So the government are not going to allow a recession to come through because it's going to have a massive impact on their ability to get back in. So it was really quite optimistic life isn't going to be it's not all rainbows and unicorns for the rest of the year there will be maybe some tough times and there will be less transactions but he also said that the consumer they're not stupid at the end of last year christmas came early which i think we all we all can agree and the yeah. market stalled and then for, in my particular town or area we work when spring arrived it was all action 
It was a, mm-hmm. it was a proper spring market, which was great because I think the consumer had spent the winter working out that this is just life. This is where we are right now. Um, the other, final point on what I heard yesterday, which I think is valuable for the audience and, and maybe you guys, is that he thinks we w- we won't see interest rates get to six. He thinks the next two meetings, um, gradually, there's a shift in voting and he thinks more people will vote to stick, more of the of the um, committee will put, vote to stay where they are at the next meet, but it will still get a small rise. And the next meeting, even more will vote to stay where we are. And the likelihood is we'll be capping out at, at around five. So um, not like it's going to be easy. Life's not easy. But, um, you know, without sounding horrendously cliche, what I say to my team is cream rises to the top. And these market conditions are, you know, tough market conditions make great agents, weak market or strong market conditions make weak agents the last couple of years. Um, yeah, very interesting conditions. Right. I've waffled on long enough there. I'm not meant to do that. I'm just meant to let you guys do it. Um, let's get <laughs> on to subject number two. I don't know what just happened. I'm just, I was just so taken by what I heard yesterday that I thought it was but worth ben, hearing. Just- on, just, just on just on this though, that what you've mentioned is there's some really really att- good, uh, you know, headline attention head headline attention grabbing news, right? Um, that's really really good stuff, and that's the bit that you know we we must as estate agents we must get that out to our to our to our markets, and you know from my perspective, I think if we can focus on the positives and you know find those people that do really really want to do this and want to move in this market they're kind of the real, real key nuggets we want to take away, right? And I think, you know, you, I, I sit here and I'm just I'm thinking about some of those stats and thinking, do you know, I didn't know that. And actually, how powerful is that? If you're in someone's front room, um, if my if my listeners or my managers are in someone's front room, how powerful are those stats to really, really get across to, to people? So um, it was a waffle. I've actually sat here and actually thought, some really good stuff, really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I was blown away yesterday. And it really, it's, it, it, his point is absolutely right. You, government you take them away but media they just they just i think they're letting the country down in what they're presenting they're creating so much uncertainty we can literally um plagiarize everything he presented yesterday some of it was over my head because he is you know at his core he is an economist and he talks to us like we're all economists but some of it is brilliant and for me the the, the real standout is the amount of first-time buyers that's absolutely absolutely. amazing absolutely absolutely i think like you say if you you open the if you open up whether it be on a tablet or actually uh there are certain newspaper you you open that news it's not there it it, it really isn't there and you know don't get me wrong i could i don't have to dig deep um in my um in my business to find some really really great stats versus last year um but that's only my business, right? Um, oh, that's our business. And I think from my perspective, you know, if we can continue as an industry to find these really, really good nuggets, spread them and, and make people feel more positive about it. And, and let's be really real. Let's not focus on house prices. You know, house prices are, you know, they're, they're just, they're, van- they're vanity. It's not sanity. Um, so let's, let's, Chris, let's segue in. Let's go straight in because Nationwide have presented on house prices. You teed me up beautifully there. We've, we're well, like a well double act. <laughs> this is great stuff. So Nationwide have reported monthly a monthly rise in property prices of 0.1%. So we're all getting rich. That's good news. Hey. Um, it reverses the 0.1% reduction in pricing in May. Now, um, whilst I've been speaking really positively about the behavioural economist, Roger Martin Frank, that I saw yesterday, Economists did forecast that we'd see a 0.3% fall. They were wrong. 
I mean, most people have been wrong over the last couple of years about what the economy and the world's <laughs> going to do, and we won't hold them to account on that. But what I find most interesting is that annually, excuse me, average property prices are down 3.5%. So we're, look, we're, this, is, this is May data. So May 23 versus May 22, we're down 3.5%. If you look at May 20 versus May 2022, we're up in some areas about 20%. Mm -hmm. So in three years, we're looking at a gain of around 16%. And Chris, I think it's important on, to put that across in monetary terms for your region as well. You know, 3.5%, that means completely different figures to all four of us on this call today. And, you know, when you're talking about the York market or the Doncaster market or Scarborough market, Bath or Brighton, that pound sign in front will mean a different amount to each other. Yeah, to each it definitely customer. will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also that... It's digging down into, you know, on average, we're down three and a half percent. There are micro markets that are not, as we said, Northern Ireland are up. So, you know, it, it, as an average, so that means, you know, I think the Northeast is performing really well. I'm sure I remember hearing that last month. Um, so, Chris, go on. You was you were going to start on. I just, I just think, I just think, you know, we've as, as a public, we are the general public. We've 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 been conditioned into thinking that high house price growth is fantastic. Um, and if it, anything less is is underperforming, um, you, you know, let, let's be really real here. You know, it, it's house price inflation is house price inflation. Um, we can't stop it. But I think, um, you know, the market is just finding its level. And and I don't actually think that house price growth or house price um, or declining house prices is, is whether it's a bad thing. Let's let's be really real about this. It doesn't really matter. What's really really important is, and again, I, I know I keep going on about it so i do apologize guys but actually focusing on transacting with people that need our help that's the really really important thing and if we can educate them um around house prices which is our job um you know it's it's our it's our job as my, my team it's my team's job and my job as a leader to, to kind of educate the general public out there to actually what's going on let's not get you know too deep into house prices let's really focus on you know why do they need to move and if there's a real need and there's a desire and there's a motivation you know do it um and i think it's really really important that you know whilst that is you know it's, it's an interesting stat it doesn't it doesn't go oh wow well let's go pump that out to the public i think it's really important that actually we focus on what their needs are but again this this goes back to my earlier point ben is and i'm getting passionate now sorry about this i'm getting my soapbox here don't apologize <laughs> do it chris it, it, no, it, this goes back it. to my earlier earlier point how on earth are the general public supposed to realise what's going on if you're getting one report saying this and the HMRC data that? Now, the general public won't realise that HMRC data is probably three months behind. So there is so many conflicting different stories. And again, it's attention grabbing. Um, but from my perspective, what do I think of it? It's just news. Um, and I think <laughs> it's, 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 it's just, no, why, why would we care? I think it's really, really important that you know, we focus on our clients um, and, and actually, you know, helping the people in Brighton, Hove and Mid-Sussex and the wider community, obviously, um, ed educate them to to kind of come to the market um, and buy or sell or rent. This, you know, okay. let's, let's, let's look at the lettings market as well. You know, the lettings market's really good. Um, the lettings market's very strong. So I think, you know, we've got, um, there's there's a lot to be positive out there for right now. And I think it's, you know, and and this past Syrup podcast has actually opened my eyes to quite a few things. So, I think um, it's let's focus on transactions and helping clients. Let's not worry about house prices. Toby, 
Chris started on lettings. You're a resident lettings expert on this call. Jump it's right crazy. in. Chris just, he just sets them up and just knock them out. Just right, yeah. Tim up. I, um, I, I love how much Chris is talking about educating. So I, I think our, our, our roles as sales and lettings agents has evolved so much in the last few years. And, and there's so much that we need to do now beyond selling and letting. Uh, in terms of educating, in terms of being PR and marketing experts and getting our videos out there, because you're absolutely right. The, the, the headlines tell you naff all. Fine. Prices went up 0.1%. You're never going to have a conversation with a client about what they're going to do with their extra 0.1%. You're going to have a conversation about, about why you need to sell or why you need to let um, and, and you know, identifying the sales or rental value of your property in your town for that particular type of property. And it is so crucial to get a, a proper evaluation because that has such a knock-on effect. And actually, before I get onto the letting side of things, I think quite relevant is, uh, I don't know if anyone was at the Property Mark 1 conference last week, there was a really insightful talk by Tim Bannister from Rightmove, who brought out all kinds of data um, churned out by, by Rightmove and who love them or loathe them and who loves them. They do have a lot of data. And um, a lot of this revolved around uh, accurate pricing of, of properties. And they had this whole set of data uh, that was based on properties that have been reduced in price on the sales market and how they are 10% less likely to go uh, sold subject to contract. They're 50% uh, more likely to fall through um, after an offer's uh, been accepted by the vendor. Um, and, and it's almost like um, that kind of that price reduction affects the transaction further down the line because you're losing trust, uh, whatever it is from, from your purchaser. So again, educating your, your client base about the importance of a proper valuation and not just going with the highest figure, because I'm sure there's agents who are probably still trotting out market appraisals based on 2021, 2022 um, data just to secure instructions. So educating your clients, helping them to understand what it's going to take to sell or let their property um, and, and concentrating on the things that really matter above and beyond these headlines about transactions or 0.1% price increases. That's not what matters to them. They might think it is, but it's not. <laughs> we have to help them to learn why. Um, but yeah, the rental market is, is a funny one at the minute because um, there's so many people who want to rent um, and, and there's hardly any property. And actually, one of the other things from that rival presentation was uh, the fact that more rental properties are transferring onto the sales market than sales properties are coming into the rental market, which probably sounds obvious, but it, it just fuels that whole thing about undersupply in the rental market, which is driving up rents and generally making life hard for tenants in terms of uh, you know, rental inflation. Um, so, so there's- well, Actually, I find that quite interesting, Toby. So more rental properties are selling up and sales properties going into rental, which if you believe, you know, supposedly that people aren't buying anymore, you know, 2008, we launched our first business 2008, the sales market overnight just turned off and we became a letting specialist because people were sitting on properties. They still needed a larger home to move to, but they couldn't get finance. So they decided to rent their property and, and go rent something else. So whilst you know, it might sound obvious to you, I don't think that's necessarily obvious to everyone that that's the, the direction of travel for yeah. the, the different stock. I think there's probably a lot of properties currently in like lettings limbo, in, mm -hmm. in purgatory, on the market, not selling, a lot of letting agents waiting to find out whether they're going to come back 
uh, and become rental stock uh, later in the year, which is quite plausible. Um, but but yeah, the, the, the general flow seems to be at the moment, landlords, for whatever reason, perhaps deterred by mortgage rates or by income legislation, considering relieving themselves of some of their portfolio or, or, or if they're more likely if they're single property landlords uh, just getting out of the sector altogether. That's the main concern um, for, for rental professionals at the minute. And, and it ties into so many of the issues we've already been discussing about educating and helping to um, manage your landlord's fears and, and actually understand rental reforms and, and how they might not be the end of the world um at all so sales and lettings agents are having to do a lot of the same work here in terms of reassuring and educating their their client base and i think if you're not if, if you're an agency that doesn't really see yourself as an educator or a marketer then you're you're probably not reaching a, a lot of your potential client base and, and getting these kind of messages out that will really help to reassure and win over clients yeah no, you, i mean you're absolutely right it we work on this cycle. We've worked on it for years. That the journey to, um, you know, being a persuasive salesperson, encouraging someone to work with you, starts with professionalism, then trust, then rapport, then you move to urgency. But the first three, what I find is, or maybe it's not so much anymore, but it used to be everyone was obsessed with the sales skill part, the urgency, the creating, mm -hmm. uh, creating to point of tension and closing a deal, but. They forget the importance of the professionalism, the trust and the rapport first. And you know, most, most salespeople are quite likable. They're good with the rapport bit. But the trust and the professionalism, which I think is where, you know, that's where the elite really come into their yeah. own. Because professionalism, actually, for me, it's it, just don't get it wrong. That's actually, you know, professionalism, just don't make don't make a wrong first impression. Don't deliver things in the wrong way. Make sure you present effectively. But the trust, for me, is the data, it's the experience, is my ability to talk about um what's happened the last six months, 12 months, 24 months, but also where we are right now in the market and where we see things going in the next six months without making a prediction, but this is the position we find ourselves in. That that, that genuine experience, and I've done it from this market, and this is what should happen in this market, but I think to get you the best price, we need to X. That's where I think, uh, unfortunately for a lot of agents who have joined this industry in the last few years, they may struggle with that piece um, because yeah. they, they haven't worked through um circumstances that maybe require them to know that level of data actually the last couple of years stick it on see what happens and you know arguably it, it just takes care of itself um yeah, this is where this is where really good um you know client management comes into as well isn't it ben you know mm -hmm. it's, it's making making sure that you know you touch your base with your clients on a weekly you know daily weekly basis whatever that setup may be and actually you know ensuring that they are educated um and that you know something that um that I'm really, really trying to, um, you know, continue to to kind of teach is, you know, we we've got to make sure that the client is understanding about the housing market. Um, and you know, I I saw so much of it in my early days of a state agency. You know, deals would just be tried to be tied up just for the for the agent's need. But actually, if you focus on the client's need and find find out what their real pain is and why they need to, you know, why 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 they need to sell. And why they need, you know, why this offer, it does look really, really good on paper. And actually, we've done a good job up to that point of the offer being, to the offer being, uh, you know, tabled, then we really should, it shouldn't be a push to, to get this, to get this agreed. And touching on pricing, you know, I think it's really, really important that, you know, we, we, we need to chuck the kitchen sink at making sure that the, the public are educated to overpricing right now. Um, and, you know, making sure that the agents just aren't slinging it on and trying to buy an instruction. I know we could talk with this goes down a rabbit hole. I, I know, but 
I think there's a there's a lot of work that that needs to be done on that as well in terms of actually of, of pricing, um, and not just you know chucking any old listing onto the market. I think it's really important to to work with motivated clients that want to move and that want our help, um, and you know making sure we're actually giving them good honest advice as well. It's really really important. I think there's so much said for compassion, Chris. I think that touches on what you're saying, showing genuine compassion because we are in hard times. And a lot mm. of people might not be wanting to sell, understanding Correct. people's motivation for needing to sell, needing to buy or needing to let. And I think I think in the current climate, if you if you just go in with a brash sales pitch, then you stand so little chance against somebody who's showing compassion and understanding for the needs and situation of their clients. I think that- And it's, it's, it's so true. I think, you know, Ben, you've mentioned um, professionals and trust and rapport. I've, mm. I've scribbled it down as PTR on my book. And then urgency at the back end. Um, so I think you know the professionalism, you know, and the and the trust element is probably one of the biggest sticking points in our industry right now, um, and mm-hmm. probably will be for a long, long time. Um, and something that I'm really, you know, it's really important. It's embedded in me is is to make sure that you know that we we do win people's trust. You know, trust is a, is a huge, huge important part during this transaction, um, and they have they have to they have to have to trust us. Um, and I often say, you know, if we, you know, if we if we don't get that across, we haven't won the instruction because they've not trusted us enough, and that's a fact. Um, yeah, and as yeah. much as it's a bitter pill to swallow sometimes to to kind of uh, to to my teams, you know, we don't win instruction. We weren't good enough on the day. We didn't win their trust. Yeah, so. I, 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 yeah. The, I mean, the two for me, the two. If you if you messed up on the in, if you messed up in the terms of in terms of professionalism, then it's seriously back to the drawing board because that yeah that, that, there's some box ticking there that just you know you've just presented the right way, but trust and rapport. If I trust you and I like you, then it's an absolute no brainer. Of course, I'm going to mm-hmm. work with you. If I don't trust you and I like you, maybe we go on a date. If I mm-hmm. trust you and I don't like you, maybe you're my doctor. But trust and like, then there's they, you know, I'm married by the way. Um, so <laughs> Alina, I hope you're not watching this. Um, I don't go on dates with people I I don't trust. Um, I lost a train of thought there. Right, back to it. Let's. What? Sorry. Okay, Chris, just want to come back to something you said, and I think so. We're talking about educating the consumer right now. Yeah. The other thing I think we do need to do is work on educating the estate agency world. And I don't want to sound. I don't want to pontificate here because I don't know. I you know, twenty years ago, I, I didn't know what I I do now. And I think the what we should be doing. Those of us who have enough experience should be helping educate the rest of the sector. And it's not you're doing it wrong. Do this. It's if everyone's better then it forces my team to be better. You know, we all level up. And I've got this really like out there concept that if I can get every competing agent surrounding us right now, charging 2%, we can charge 3% because we're better than you guys. So if we can help you guys charge more, we can charge more, but you can't charge more if you're going to continue to operate at this level. We're going to have to all move it up a little bit. One of the things that's a real bugbear for me, and I mean like proper miserable old git, is when I see on social media, people talking about their buyer as their client. It drives me around the bend. I got my buyer's deal agreed. No, 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 that yeah, you didn't. Anyways. You, you shouldn't have, <laughs> you've completely worked for the wrong person. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's it's lack of education. These, you know, they haven't maybe gone <clears throat> through the same schooling as we did when they were, you know, there's, there's different models out there right now, which maybe set you free to do things on your own with less, less experienced people sitting in the same room as you, for example. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of education consumer side, but also as an industry, we've got plenty we can do. Um, completely agree on the pricing point. I've got this Nirvana sort of concept, right? Imagine 
I come up with these weird, stupid things all the time. But from a consumer perspective, there is zero reporting on property prices ever. They There's nothing they can access that tells them what their home is worth. You can't discover if prices are going up, they're going down. To get a valuation, they have to call an estate agent. We go around and give them the price. Now, as long as you, there's a moral issue here and everyone's giving correct valuations, let's say they get five agents around and between the five, you're going to work out the three that give me the right price, the one who's doing the hype and the one who hasn't got a clue what they're doing. There would be no issue with, oh, well, I don't want to sell this year because prices are down because you don't know what they did last year. All you're going to look at as a consumer is, Price now versus purchase price. Does that help me achieve what I want to in the future? That nirvana, madness, madness. But I mean, I mean look at what that does for us. Imagine we could just get, we just appeal to the government, turn the media off. Yeah. How can we get that? That's the way that's to go, right? right? That's, that's got to be the way to go. Uh, there's yeah. more and more data out there. And I know, you know, ignorance is bliss. But in this case, I think it would be wonderful. A good bit yeah. of ignorance, a good dose of ignorance. Um, and then there's there's so much less impact because right now, um, there's no doubt about it. We meet a new client, property prices are down three and a half percent, or property prices are up sixteen and a half percent on three years, but they're only thinking about the last year. Well, I don't want to sell at a loss, I'm three and a half percent down, I'm gonna wait another year. But you've owned the property for 27 years. Yeah. You know, what are we talking about right now? But you know, that's a good thing. anyway. City rant. City I, th rant. I think no, I, I, it's it's not so silly philosophy. I think you know it's it's utopian world right now, right? But I think it's it's really important. And listen, I guarantee you, all of us in our markets, you know, I, I know that there I've got uh, I've had two two um, two offices that have had um, just ridiculous activity on three or four certain units. And actually, imagine if that was reported. That actually yeah. we had you know multiple offers on this, multiple offers on that. Uh, you know, there is clearly a demand out there, and I guarantee you, in every single estate business up and down the country, there'd be those examples. It's not just unique to Mission McKay and and you know and Christie's um, you know sales team. You know, it's it's a genuine, genuine thing that's happening out there right now. But we've got to be able to um, to kind of push through it and um, and identify that and educate. You know what? Because uh, me and Chris Watkins, we get on well. We do a show every now and again. I speak to him at least once a week. He contributes to this show. Um, but there's plenty of things we don't necessarily 100% align on, agree on. And I know one of his things is, you know, stop willy waving. Don't post when you're successful. Or if you are going to post when you're successful, tell a good story around it. Give it some context. Don't make it. Look what I just did achieve. But he has such a wide reach over people that use social media that potentially he suppressed some of the good news that used to get pummeled out there. And I, don't, I encourage my team every time you agree something, and they don't actually, they end up posting all the other stuff, which is great. But don't forget the consumer is expecting to instruct someone that's successful. There has to be mm. some proof. And you don't have to use your social media. Shouldn't it just be sell, sell, sell? I mean, amazing if it could be, but we're not selling that many properties. But, you know, you need to have a nice mix, new instruction, under offer, exchange, completion, customer journey, whatever it might be. But I would just say, don't be scared to post your successes. You know, don't make it all about you and you tell the story of the consumer and how you help them and that sort of stuff. But you're right. There are, we had... Um, we do a lot of launch events for our properties. So we'll do them on a Saturday. We'll have a lot of people attend um, and we'll get multiple offers. And in the last five weeks, we've had four, three are under offer. The other one was on Saturday. And every time, so as in just Saturday, just gone. So the offers have started coming in. But every week we're selling a property with that methodology because there's competition for the property. 
But no mm. one's talking about how many people want to buy these properties. Just talking about how how you know how many fewer buyers there are out there and how many fewer transactions there are. But you know, on the ground, anecdotally, honestly, in our business, we're not really feeling that way. We're really not. Mm. So, yeah, um, Francis, anything you want to add before we move on? Um, no, I think Chris has uh, done really well in uh, getting our thoughts across to be honest so once I get my soapbox Francis I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) I think I think just to add you you touched on like and trust we sort of we call it the KLT formula know like trust so you know if they get to know you before you even come out then they get to like you when you do go out and then they trust you you're setting yourself up for getting that instruction and I think it all comes down to I get a lot more I win a lot more instructions and respect from clients by just telling them how it is. You know, look, this is how long the property your property would have sold two years ago. It's not two years ago. This is the average time now. And if we get to this point, we might need to look at revising the price. As long as you're managing their expectations and you're not setting yourself up to fail ultimately, because as you say, some valuers are still going out giving 2021, 2020 prices just to get that signature on the dotted line and get them to market um you're you're gonna get you know you're gonna get a lot more recommendations and you're gonna get spoke about for good reasons for being authentic you get spoken about francis and it's one of my favorite words and it's become a bit of a buzzword which is a shame because we had it as a core value years ago and now everyone's bloody using it but (laughs) it's so um it's so true because people can see through the nonsense can't they most of the time yeah. until you give them a high number and then greed kicks in and they're not worried about seeing through the nonsense. But um, the truth is, yeah, cause I, I know Francis cause we're part of the final country network and we've met a few times and we've done different sessions together. And Francis is hundred percent authentic. She is what she is and tells how it is. But people really love that. Harry in our team is um, it, it, downstairs right now. He is so authentic. At times I have to say to him, rein it in a bit, you know, soften it up, Harry, you're going to break her heart. Like this just, you know, (laughs) deliver it. You you just make it a little bit more palatable, but people absolutely love it because he's just, he's no nonsense. And that's that's where, sorry, Ben. Go on, Chris, go on. No, I was going to say that's where surrounding yourselves, you know, surrounding, you know, as as leaders, surrounding yourselves with really, really good people and a really good team is hmm. is absolutely paramount right now. And 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 what I would say is, you know, some of my some of my team have, have got quite youthful experience, and they're a lot younger and better looking than me. But you know, it's what's 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 really really important is actually, you know showing them what good looks like. I hate that saying, but it's really true. Showing them what good needs to look like, surrounding yourself with really, really good people. Um, and we will all get through this storm if we surround ourselves with really good people, educate and train our people. That's what's really, really important, yeah. to be authentic, to be real, to be professional, to be trust, and to, and to basically... You know, like you say, most of the slay agents, if they're worth, if you know, if they're worth their salt, they'll they have, they'll be able to report build. Um, so I think it's yeah, from my and perspective. I think as well, if you come to terms with the fact that you are not going to be the agent for everybody, mm. you're not going to win and have hundred percent conversion. The sooner you come to terms with, you know, what well, we're just not for this client, or maybe we are, but. Am I going to be, you know, over egging myself to meet their demands sort of thing? I think for us agents, if you grasp that, then you're not going to be as fearful, really, when you are delivering presentations because you're thinking, well, I want this one and I want this one. I want this one. You've got to flip it around and think, well, do I actually want this one? Can I actually help this client? 
But I think having that philosophy actually with the client as well is really refreshing. It's really disarming. And I, I, I quite often say to people, perhaps sometimes I'm shooting myself in the foot, but I say, we might actually not be the best in town. I don't think there is a best in town. I think there's like 20 best in town, but we've got to work out if I'm the best for you. And it's about best fit. Every single agency will tell you that they're the best. So, so how do you actually work out who is, the, it's not about who's the best, it's who's the best fit for you. And, yeah. and, and I think acknowledging that actually we might not be the best fit for you is really disarming. And again, it builds that trust, um, just, just acknowledging that kind of, and having the humility to, to do that. I think, especially from a lettings perspective, um, you're, you know, you win a lettings client, you might be, you might be in bed together for the next two, three, four, five years. Yeah. And yeah. So we ha we introduced a policy years ago where we encouraged a team, the heads of each department, to to sack two clients every year. Who are the two on your roster that take up fifty percent of your time? We need to find a polite way to say this is not working out. Um, having yeah. that, um, yeah, you know, being in a position to say this this look, you don't like us, we don't like you. We're the, the best job we can. <laughs> Nothing is ever good yeah. enough. It, you know, you, you're like a wife. I need to divorce, but I can't get rid of you. I've got yeah. three kids. I've got to keep you in my life. We just need to. Sorry, Paulina. This is. I, we haven't had a row last night. I don't know why I'm delivering all this. And um, it's funny how essential you suddenly come to that client when you say to that client, "Actually, it's not really working out," and suddenly they don't want to go. You're like, mm -hmm. "Well, look, we hate you. You hate us. It's just part <laughs> ways." Like, but I don't want to go. Why not? Everyone wants what they can't have. As soon as you say I'm not available, yeah. they're interested. Um, right. Um, great work, guys. We are, I reckon we're about an hour in. So subject number three is scrapped. We're going to move okay. on to, um, I, I, the way we, we've done this over the last few episodes is combine it with um, a great agent you've worked with or someone you think should be. So this is a real opportunity for you to put someone on a pedestal. Um, I think it's a real positive to highlight great agents and and allow anyone viewing to use social media to follow them to see what sort of content producing if that fits if it doesn't it doesn't you know some guys have spoke about people that are actually out of the industry anymore but who they are what makes them brilliant and then if you could also segue into one piece of advice if you give one piece of advice right now to agents watching what they should do or could do what would it be um who would like to go first I'm still trying to think of one person for social media because there's so many great agents that I don't know, to be honest. So it, although, Francis, it doesn't have to be social. If you want to talk about a great agent and they're not that prolific on social media, but they're a great agent worth shouting out, you do whatever you'd rather. Toby, you look like you're ready to go. You look like you're ready to pop. I'm locked and loaded. Do it, Toby. Yeah. Tell us. Um, so actually, actually, they're not prolific on social media, so you'll have to search them out in real life and, and follow them, literally. Wow. Uh, Getting very stalkerish. Okay. Um, Michael Sears is a chap who has afforded me a lot of time. Um, he is the boss of um, CDs Walker Jarvis, who are based in Gravesend. He's a really experienced agent, and he has built that company up um, to, to really be the dominant force um, on his patch. Um, I bumped into him through networking events uh, many years ago, and he has been very generous with his time and insight. I particularly, there's, there's several things I admire about Michael. Um, one is he just has a clear, um, he has clear goals and he follows through on them. He is incredibly good about separating time to work on his business as opposed to uh, in it. 
Uh, and that is a discipline which I really admire, which I struggle with myself uh, on a daily. Um, and um, he also showed me that it's something that's really quite pertinent to me. Uh, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room. I, I, personally, myself, I'm, I'm a shy, retiring type. I am I'm a bit of an introvert, despite all the conversation about gastroenteritis at the start of the call. I am, as far as this industry goes, you meet some larger-than-life characters. And I remember having all sorts of dilemmas about whether I could really go far without being the loudest person in the room. And, and Michael is a, um, a quiet, considered guy, um, and he's shown me that you can be effective working in that way. Um, so, yeah, hugely knowledgeable across all disciplines um, and a very generous guy. So uh, he is on LinkedIn. Uh, he's just he's not completely active on there. So you can give him a follow. Uh, but certainly if you ever bump into him, he's worth um, chatting with. Good stuff. And what would your one piece of advice be that agents should be or could be doing right now? Well, I think that it's um, the thing that has made the most difference to me in, in my sort of professional um, development is, is embracing video. Um, which feels like a fairly obvious one because we're recording a video podcast. But so I am maybe preaching to the choir. Um, I, I still think it's a really big opportunity because I, I still think that the amount of people doing this um, are really, uh, really quite thin on the ground. So I still think that there is an opportunity to be one of the kind of early adopters of properly doing video uh, and in terms of uh, your local market, the likelihood is wherever you work, there's probably not very many people doing that and, and sharing those videos um, with their local market and with their client base. So it's still an opportunity to set yourself apart. So I would say don't have fear of the camera. Do it on a regular basis and keep doing it until you're at home with it um, and you won't look back. Great advice. I couldn't agree more. Video, video, video. Get your reps in. You're only going to get comfortable once you're comfortable. And to get comfortable, it takes absolute repetition. Make it habitual. Um, Chris, over to you, yeah. sir. Yeah, so I suppose um, there's, there's, there's two, but the, the number one was um, was a guy that actually gave me my first job in a state agency, a guy called Kevin Peel. Um, long, I think, been retired now, um, but gave me that opportunity when I was 19 years of age. Um, and truthfully, I suppose, did I, I fell into, I think, I don't think anyone wakes up in the, opens their curtains in the morning and goes, oh, I'm going to be an estate agent, right? But so I think, you know, I kind of, I fell into a estate agency, um, Kevin gave me the opportunity and, and forever I'll be thankful for that really, because um, it runs in me, uh, estate agency, um, leadership, people, uh, being on the sales floors still give me absolute excitement, watching people develop. Um, and if it wasn't for that initial first interview, I wouldn't be here. So um, from my perspective, that's that, that kind of always resonates with me. Um, I suppose also, secondly, is, is you know, is, is Alex Mackey, who's, um, who's uh, the co-founder and owner of, of Mission McKay. Um, uh, a fantastic guy to work alongside. Um, and um, gives me, it gives me some great advice, you know, it levels me sometimes because I, I can be uh, I can be quite passionate and, and like a dog with a bone sometimes, but it gives me that ability to to kind of see things from a different angle. So there's two people that really stick out in my career, Kevin and Alex. Okay, very nice. And is um is Alex on um LinkedIn for a follow? Uh, I think he's on LinkedIn. I don't uh, Alex uses it a lot. 
Okay. No doubt I'd be, right. no doubt be watching this podcast. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, and I don't think Kevin is either. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But well, it's, it's nice, nice to shout them out. It's nice to shout them out. You know, it's, it's important that you know the the reason that I do what I do is and and is is obviously is uh, is finding my why. But without these two, without these two individuals, I wouldn't be sat here in this very seat. So I think it's important. Okay. Very nice. Um, your piece of advice for agents. Educate, educate, educate. We got so yesterday. Yesterday, last week, um, I think it was last week's episode. We said what we're finding here is quite often we're saying the same stuff over and over again. The basics, the fundamentals, absolutely work. Continuously educate, train, innovate, mm. diversify, um, get the basics right. And then engage the new stuff like video. Although, I mean, your video is not necessarily new now. It will be for a lot of agents, but it's, yeah. I, <clears throat> and education is free right now, isn't it? You just jump online. It's everywhere. Don't you, you don't yeah. have to pay for it. Absolutely. Um, okay, yeah. great. Francis, big finish. No pressure. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So, um, I'm thinking big now. And this is a lady who really inspires me personally. She's an Australian agent at Novak Properties. Lisa Novak, if you've heard of her before. Okay. And she is an absolute powerhouse when it comes to educating, giving unreal service. She's got fantastic success stories as well. She is 150%, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, Not that I'm saying that that's good for you, but... She just shows what can be achieved with that consistency and determination. Um, she's massive on socials. Her and her husband have got a, an amazing um real estate agency in Australia, and they are an advocate of helping our younger people get into estate agency as well. So it's a great fit for anybody, in my opinion. LinkedIn, they're on. Facebook they're on, Instagram they're on. There's not, no, you know, no fancy editing. They're really authentic. It's just the message that they nail every single post. I'm genuinely excited to get off this call, not because I've had enough of you three, but because I want to go check out Lisa <laughs> Novak. I yeah. really want to go check it out now. Um, okay, great shout, Francis. So this is the big finish. Final piece of advice. What should or could agents be doing right now to win? Okay, so get close to completed buyers and completed sellers. They've dealt with you before. They are obviously going to be feeling nervous and you don't have to break any ice because you've built up in a relationship with them, especially people over, you know, sort of three, who moved three years ago, three years plus. They might be being affected by the new interest rates. You can help them endlessly whether that's you know selling again renting buying another property i'm in my second and third cycle now with some of my clients in my 11 years where i'm on to you know the second or third property that i'm selling for them and helping them move again and that's because i stay very close to them following completion very nice very nice so um i heard this is somebody else's line but i've stolen it um, why would you call a past client a past client? Why are they past? Why are they just not yeah, exactly. your client? If you regard them as past, then you park them over there and you forget about them. 
mm-hmm. your client, if you sold them a property or sold, you know, sold for or, or helped buy, um, they should be in your little black book for the rest of their lives. And that's fantastic advice, by the way, Francis. Anyone who bought four or five years ago has got some serious equity in their property right now and might want to trade up, might want to trade down. They might want to look at what the rates are doing and move on. Fantastic advice. Um, absolutely couldn't agree with it more. Um, and that, guys, brings us to a to a, a conclusion. Um, wow. It's been emotional. It's been wonderful. Yes. Toby, you survived. Thank you. I like, <laughs> I like Thank day. God for that. Thank God. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Um, there you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you so much, guys. I think you've been brilliant. Really, really great content. Um, a couple of quite dry subjects, in truth, transaction levels and house prices, but you made it, you know, absolutely mildly entertaining. Um, so good work. Uh, all we need to do is say goodbye now. Hand over to Chris, who does his Watkins Whimsy every week to sign us out. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. much. How many of the last 50 valuations that you have done as an estate agent have come about because of your direct actions? Be that a door knock, an actual letter that you wrote and put through the door, or someone actually picked the phone up to you or sent you a message through social media or a text message. Because if you're an employed estate agent and you left tomorrow, that's the number of people that would bring you up for a free valuation. So here's a thought. Why don't you start building your personal brand now so you can actually benefit and your employer can benefit from it now? But in the future, if things change, you've got a steady stream of people wanting to come and give you business with valuations and properties on the market. It's just a thought.